Welcome to Flicks, my name's Daniel Swan, this is episode 95, in which myself and my lovely wife Tiffany B discuss Smoking Aces, the film I selected as part of my victory at the Oscars all those many moons ago. She avoided it as long as she could, but I caught up with her eventually. You know, like a serial killer. take you back to the 4th of March um, when we sat down and watched on our television uh, the Oscars at that point we made prior to that we had made predictions about who we thought was going to win and um, as the evening progressed it became clear that I was to be the victor to triumph over my previous defeat uh, in 2017, where you beat me. Did I? I was avenging my loss. Yeah, oh, we, yes. watched, we watched Down. Yes. The victory in the Oscars has always, tradition in a tradition that dates back to last year, um, the victory has meant that the victor gets to pick any film and that we will then do a flicks about it. Yes. Last year we did Doubt. Very good film. A wonderful film. This year I designated Smoking Aces. If you're pronouncing a G there, you're goddamn wrong. Uh, Smoking Aces. Um, since that time you have cowardly avoided it. Um, run away from what? any... Att- <laughs> I don't know. This is outrageous. Just trying to create some drama. Oh. Um, by rubbishing my good name. By dragging your good name through the dirt with the one, maybe two people who would ever listen to this. Um, yeah, but we... Well, we watched it once. Yes. Well, we've watched it twice now. We've watched it twice. I would add. Yeah. I've been made to watch this twice. Well... I might add that you'd have only had to watch it once if you had remembered anything about it in the first time, in the first instance, and we had done a flicks shortly afterwards. Well, I might add... Please do. <laughs> ...that we watched this just shortly before we went to London, and I had a lot of work to do for my career and so that we can pay our bills. Sure. But whilst we were on that holiday, I was sitting around, <laughs> pooping myself heavily, and I had all this equipment... And we could have maybe done one in the bathroom or something. Done a bathroom flicks. Do you know what I mean? Where there's a will, there's a way, Tiffany B. Well, I was spending time with my family and friends. Well. And that comes first. If your family and friends are more important to you than (laughs) a tiny podcast that is almost literally inconsequential, then I'm not sure I know who you are anymore. Fair play. Point is, we watched it again. Um, we watched it yesterday. Yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yes. Yesterday. Uh, we wrote some notes. Yes. And we're going to review it now. Yes. Smoking Aces. Uh, so this is a film and that came pick. out... My pick. It's a film that came out in 2006. So that's a dozen years ago. Wow. Which is kind of crazy. Um, I didn't realise that. To... Well, no, I won't say that. I won't get into that yet. Um, Tiffany B. Yes. <laughs> What's this film about? Well. For those who haven't seen it. Is it going to be spoiler free, even though, you know, it is a dozen years old? So there's a man. Oh, yeah. Buddy Aces. Israel. Is that is his name? Yeah. Oh, Aces Israel. Yeah. So his, so his name's Buddy Israel. His nickname is Aces. Aces. Sorry. Gosh. Why is it Aces? Why is that his nickname? Because he's just great. He's aces. <laughs> oh, I wish that was the case. Um, because so, he's have like... You, have you met my friend Buddy Israel? He is... <laughs> whoo, this fella is aces, let me tell you. Um, because he's a magician. Yes. In Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like a performing, big, big kind of yeah. stage Like type. a kind of... 
Chris Angely, David Blaney yeah. kind of level. Not, I mean, not that kind. He's more of a yeah. traditional sawing yeah. women in half. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. Um, Las Vegas Showman of the Year, five five years running. That's him. Yeah. So he and and he's got involved with the mob. Yes, he has. And then, for some reason, that I don't know, he the mob decide. To like put a hit on him. Yep. For a million, million dollars. A million dollar bounty on his head. And then out come from the woodwork a plethora of hit men and women. Yeah. After that money. Yeah. And then chaos ensues. Yes. Is that a good summary? Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good summary. Uh, I I just saw it described very aptly. I think as it's kind of like. A mad, 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 mad world. Like, it's a mad, 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 mad world, but with criminals, but like hitmen, professional killers, as opposed to people just, you know, trying to find somebody's millions or whatever it is in that film. Yeah. So just lots of people descending on... Falling over themselves. Yeah. Kind of thing. yeah. The nomad hotel and, and casino in yes. Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Um, yeah, and they all try and kill him. Isn't Lake Tahoe in California? Oh, is it? I don't know that unless there's two Lake Tahoes, but Lake I Tahoe like it was in California. is straddling the border oh, of California and Nevada. So funny. you're right, and I'm right. That never happens. Never. What did you think of it? Um, in spoiler-free sense, because you know there still might be some people who this just passed them by. You know what? It's not a huge film. That's true. They they may not have you know this 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 doesn't have the marketing push of an Avengers or a, a Mission Impossible. You know they just don't have the money. It's just a little a little film that's trying hard to entertain a few people. It's not really that little though, is it's it? Not tiny. The cast is pretty significant. The cast is amazeballs, but we'll get onto that in a minute. Um, what did I think? I thought. It was... I thought there was a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is good and bad. Um, but overall, I thought it was good. Not great. Yeah. I know that this is a fave of yours. Mm-hmm. But it very much feels like a film that you kind of either love... Well, you love it because it kind of means something to you rather than because it's a good film. Yeah. I don't think anyone would really be like, oh, that's a great film. No, no, but definitely just, not. I could see someone saying it's a cool film. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, yeah, it's, it's not a good film in the traditional term. But yeah. it certainly sets out to be an enjoyable film. Yeah. You know? It yeah. doesn't take itself too seriously. No. It's very much like, uh, yeah, it sweeps you along with it. Mm. It moves fast. Um, so I thought it was good, not great. Yeah. Yeah, it's of that that kind of genre of films that I love that are comic book adaptations that aren't adapted from comic books. Yeah. It's very much got that kind of sensibility of characters are all a little bit bigger than normal, dialogues a little bit bigger than normal. Yeah. Like it's, it's all it's, a bit over the top. Yeah, it's the rule of cool. Yeah. Things don't necessarily have to make sense yeah. if... If they're cool, they're cool enough. Do you know what though? I must Tell me. say, I didn't. I didn't think that this was this film. When you said you wanted to watch Smoking Aces, mm-hmm. I thought it was the film with Angelina Jolie and the one from The Last King of Scotland, James. Wanted. That yeah, that's what I thought it was in oh. my head. I don't know why. I mean, that's. I mean, that that it's kind a of similar vein plays right? into the thing because that is a comic book adaptation. Oh. Um, although a, a, a very distinctly different, it changes a huge amount to the point where you're like, is this even an adaptation? That's another story for another Sorry, day. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, yeah, it's definitely got that kind of comic booky yeah. feel to it. So I was kind of surprised. I was like, where, where's James and Angie? Where's James and Angie? Where's Morgan Freeman? Oh, there's Common. That's true. He He's in it? both. Oh, is he? He's in both. Oh, that's, that's the link. Common. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, um, uh, yes, yeah. It, it, it's definitely that that kind of rule of cool thing. Yeah, it's all a bit silly. It's all a bit over the top, um, and it doesn't really take itself 
too seriously, except maybe towards the end that it tries to get a little bit serious mm. in a way that, I don't know, kind of works and kind of doesn't. It tries to kind of give itself some kind of meaning and pathos Yeah. that you feel like, uh, is it really, is that, is this the really, is this the kind of film that we're doing here? Interesting. I don't know. Um, but yeah, obviously I love it. It's obviously Ginormo characters, great actors, just getting to dick around, really. And say, just is this a bit too much? No. No. No, that's not too much at all. Just have some fun. Yeah. Um Yeah. And because it's like lots of different characters, lots of different strands, I imagine none of them really had to work on it for particularly long. No. Um so yeah, they just get to come in. Earn some money, have some fun, shoot some guns, yep. and leave. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. I imagine it was a lot of fun to make. Yeah. Um, God, is that it? I guess. That... I mean, it's not that complicated of a no, film. It's not. It's ten minutes. Yeah. Um, so that is our spoiler-free uh, review of Smoke and Aces, two thousand and six, directed by Joe Carnahan. This is a film um, that I mean, we'll get into it now. I think a little bit. Um, Rotten Tomatoes has it at 29%. Wow. Which I think, I think that's harsh. Even looking at it objectively, which I'm clearly not looking at it objectively because I've liked it for a long time. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I think it's better than 29%. Yeah, that's pretty low, yeah. Um, But yeah, a lot of people, not big fans at all. Wow. Um, is that a critics review? Yeah, that's critics oh. review. Audience scores sixty two percent, which I, I think is probably a bit more that. like because it's that is in line with that. It's not a good film, but it's an enjoyable film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's very profitable. Cost seventeen million dollars uh, to make, um, and overall worldwide about fifty three million. So a nice tidy little, mm. nice tidy little profit. Mm. Well done, Joe Carnahan. Well done, Joe. Good on you, Joe. Um, so that's our spoiler-free review of Smoke and Aces. Um, if you're sticking with us, um, then you know look forward to playing more chat um, once once we get into the spoilers. If you're leaving us at this point because you don't want to know any spoilers, then thank you so much for listening. God bless you. You're you're the you're the real you know winners in this situation because we've now turned you onto this amazing film that maybe you hadn't heard of before. Smoke and Aces. What? Joe Carnahan? What? Is he the guy that did the A-Team? Yeah, he is the guy that did the A-Team. And Narc. Both of which are great films. Who's he got starring in it? Ray Liotta. What? Ryan Reynolds. Are you kidding me? Jason Bateman. You're joking. Chris Pine. Come again? Ben Affleck. Are my ears playing fucking tricks on me? No. All of these people in it. Go and watch it. Give it a try. Have a couple of beers with your friends. But thanks for listening. And, um, uh, yeah, everyone else will uh, will speak to you after the jingle. Jingle. We're just about to spoil this film. So I'm telling you it won't be groovy. If you listen any further without watching the movie. It's spoilers! Here we are in the realm of spoilers. Careful, all ye who enter here. If you haven't seen... Smoking Aces 2006, or your, you would be devastated to have that film spoiled for you. For God's sake, turn this off. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. For the rest of you, we will be delving into the nitty and indeed the gritty of this film, spoiling everything with our patented five-point rating system, which will give us our uh, our mark for the film out of five. Uh, individually, Tiffany B will have a mark out of five. I will have a mark out of five. Uh, and then we will stop the podcast and aggressively fist fight to see who is right. Um, Tiffany B. Is a point where is a point where we are can't even afford a pair of glasses to see things. <laughs> I, don't know, I think I've done that one before. Or something similar. Also, you're insane. Also insane. Um, okay, so my first point is, and I think that we discussed this during it. Oh, yeah. And I kind of mentioned in the spoiler-free part, there was so much going on. <laughs> and I just think it was too much. Yeah. Well, it wasn't and it was. Like, I didn't mind that there were, like, a million 
um, hitmen and women coming after. I thought that was fine. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty straightforward concept. Mm-hmm. But even now, there are parts of that film that I don't fully understand. Yeah. Because it's like, who is this hella person? And then uh, what is Buddy Israel doing? And Who's hella? Isn't that the guy at the end? Oh, Freeman Heller. Yeah. yeah. I thought I just had it in my head. You talked about Kate Blanchett from Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> I was like, Heller's a different film bag. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, there's a, just a hell of a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And then at the beginning, and I know this is probably a pro for you, but old Affleck's going through his list of people who might come for the money. Mm-hmm. And it's so fast. I'm yeah. like, wait, just wait. Who, what's going on? What is going on, guys? There's just a lot that I just... And the whole, yeah, the whole Hella thing, I'm like, I still don't understand what that was about. And it that's fine. Like, maybe it's just... Maybe I'm just stupid and whatever. But for a film like this that is not, you know, highbrow, mm-hmm. it's not meant to be intellectually challenging. No. I feel like it was unnecessary to have yeah. such a complicated story. The story, is, in its essence, really just needs to be the yeah. This guy's got involved with the mob, mob, and they've put a bounty on his head, mm. and all these people come after him. Yeah. And yes, that's what it was at its core. But there were other things going on that I was like, what. You know, yeah. like, what is going on here? Mm. What's he doing? What's he doing? And why is he doing that? And I just thought, oh my gosh, I don't know. And then the ending, pfft, I don't know what's going on there. No. Couldn't tell you. Something to do with a heart. So, um, Buddy Israel was his son. He, who was... he? Who? <laughs> who he? <laughs> who this man? <laughs> Who's that? Who's daddy? <laughs> he who? Who, who is real daddy? <laughs> he who? Primo Sparazza. Which who, is who is that? The head, so the head of the mob. So essentially, as they, as Andy Garcia explains in the beginning, um, Buddy Israel comes into the mob, gets favour with a lot of people, um, but then starts making mistakes and essentially splits the Sparazza crime organisation in two. Yeah. So he is in charge of one. One half of it, half of the people are loyal to him. Yeah. Half of the people are loyal to Primo Sparazza, who was there before him. Yeah. Um, turns out that uh, possibly unbeknownst to Buddy Israel, we don't know, um, he is Sparazza's illegitimate son. Okay. Who he had with some kind of Vegas yeah, dancer, showgirl, showgirl yeah. back in the you know whenever. Okay. Um, Sparazza. Yeah. Is actually Freeman Heller. So now you've lost me again because. So who is Sparazza? Is a nobody. There's no like he wasn't in. He wasn't. Heller wasn't like impersonating a person. He yes. was just. He is. Yes. Yeah, and see that's what's confusing. So whose kid is he? He's Heller's kid. Heller's kid, essentially. Yeah. See, that's just all unnecessarily complicated. So Heller um, has all the kind of facial reconstructive surgery. Goes, infiltrates the mob using the kind of the alter ego, the pseudonym, uh, Primo Sparazza. Um, gets, and then he becomes like... Gets into gets involved in it all. Um, rightly or wrongly, the FBI um, become convinced that he has gone rogue yeah. and that he has kind of abandoned, he's become the criminal for real. Well, and he's an old man. So he's been there for ages. Yeah. So they decide to terminate him and kill Freeman Heller um, because they don't want him involved in it anymore. Right. They kind of disavow him and try to kill him. That doesn't take... um, He manages to survive. Oh, yeah, back in the day. Back in the day. So he turns his back on the FBI, renounces, like, I'm not Freeman Heller anymore. I am actually Primo Sparazza now. Yeah. And then stays with the mob and then becomes the top guy in the mob. Right. So then he gets really old. His heart, his health starts to fail him. Yeah. Uh, and he realises that Buddy Israel is probably his best chance of um, staying alive. Uh, so he wants his own son killed so that he can have his heart because it's a match. Yes. Uh, and he 
goes to the FBI and says, I, you know, I can... Or does he? He no, maybe he doesn't. FBI, no, he doesn't does go he? to the FBI. But the FBI get wind of it. The FBI yeah. realize, oh shit, this is Freeman Heller. Yeah. So if we, um, essentially let Buddy Israel die, yeah, take his heart, put it in Sparazza, then we now have the the head of the mob, mob, and who will have like sixty years worth of mob secrets that we can then kind of extract out of him. Okay. So he gets captured by the FBI then? Yeah. And they decide to try and save him? Yeah. But that that's not clear, right? Because he, Heller slash Sparazza, mm-hmm. is on the phone at the beginning, right? And he says, there's a hit on thingy. I want his heart. Well, technically that's not, yeah. That's not him. That's not him, but that information is being relayed Okay. So, like, his, like, underlings have heard him put this hit out. I want want Israel's heart. And they're like, oh, shit, so he just wants to kill Israel. Yeah. Whereas he doesn't. He wants Israel captured. Yeah. And then to take his heart. But what I'm saying is, in the interim, between him having put out the hit and the end of the film, he has been captured by the FBI. Because when he first puts out the hit, he presumably just wants the heart to live and he doesn't intend to give all the secrets away to the FBI. So when when is that shown? That captured? It's not shown. See, this is just... I think there's too much off-screen inferred for me. Yeah. And then, what's his name at the end? Andy Garcia is Mm -hmm. explaining it. He has that accent, and I can't understand (laughs) what he's saying, mostly. That beautiful kind of Louisiana-y accent, it seems like. It's, like, quiet, and I can't hear it properly. Yeah. And so I couldn't understand what he was saying... Although I grasped the fact that this guy was undercover and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was there was too many twists and turns yeah. that were unnecessary. Mm. Um, and it just kind of becomes a bit like... I don't know. I feel like, like I say, it's a fun film. Mm. So I just think it was unnecessary to have all those layers. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not Inception. Mm. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Cartoon characters shooting each other. Exactly. Yeah. So why... Why yeah. spend that time, especially towards the end, explaining that? And I always think films that spend a lot of time explaining things like that haven't done a good job of telling you the story. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When they're like, oh, okay, so now your job, whoever, Andy Garcia in this case, is to explain what the fuck has been going on for this whole film Yeah. in like 10 minutes. I don't know. You're... Seeming to be quite angry with me, so I'm sorry. No, 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 not at all. But at um, all. it is, yeah, it's, it's. I just I, think it doesn't match with the tone. Yeah. You know, like keep it light, keep it chill, keep it simple. Yeah. Like you say, people aren't here for an Oscar-winning film. No. They're here for fun. Yeah. So do, there's just no need for all of that. Mm. I just don't really think it added anything and yeah. made me think, what? What's he doing then? Why is he there? You know, constantly. And I think that's just silly. Yeah, I'd and maybe that's that. on me. Maybe I should have just been like, "Oh, it doesn't matter." Mm. Yeah, I think it it lets you get enough of it that you kind of can pass the time. Yeah. But it, yeah, it kind of there is a surprisingly kind of deep, yeah, kind of backstory to it all. Yeah, that is probably yeah a bit unnecessary for a, yeah a film of this type. Yeah, I would agree with that. So anyway, that was my first point. <laughs> Too much shit. Too much going on. Too much going on. That's fair enough. I can't. I can't disagree with that. I. I would refuse to. I appreciate that. My first point is a positive. Shock. Um. So whilst I, yeah, I agree that um, I think the kind of the twist is a little bit unnecessary. Mm. I will say that they drop so many kind of clues. So you are saying I'm stupid. No, no, not no. I, no, I don't think it's because it doesn't leave, it doesn't drop the kind of clues that because the thing that you definitely wouldn't get is that Israel and Sparazza are related. Yeah. But it drops enough clues to say that Hella is Sparazza. Yeah. Um and for me, who very rarely picks up on twists before they happen. Yeah. Um I quite like that. Yeah. I li- I like an obvious twist. So you knew that? 
I yeah, I knew that. that that Hella like all the talk about plastic surgery and reconstructive yeah. stuff, and like oh this is Sparazza killing Hella, and they keep on showing flashbacks to it, and then Andy Garcia learns this thing, but you don't know what he's learned, and oh what could it be? Yeah. And I was like okay, so he's like so th- this is probably yeah yeah okay. this is probably him. Okay. Um. Yeah. And I, so wait, what was your point then? My point is that it had a, a, a twist, or at least part of the twist, was signposted enough that you could kind of pick up on it, which very rarely happens for me. Interesting. I'm not a... Uh, many's the times that we've watched a film and I'm like, Ooh, yeah, well, oh, maybe what's going to happen is... And you're like, obviously. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Well, the tables have turned. The tables have turned. Because I didn't have a clue what was going on. The turntables... Turned. Um, yeah, and I like that. Good. Yeah. Well done. Thank you very much. I think that is quite a feat. It is a, it is a, a turn up for the books. Yeah. yeah. I am now Captain Clever Clogs. Yeah. And you are, you know. An idiot. Duh, you know, brain fart. I mean, you said it. <laughs> and I said it eloquently. Point two, Tiffany B. Um, okay, so mine is a positive, um, which is to say, and I kind of mentioned it again before, but it's very fast-paced. Yes. It doesn't leave you bored. No. There's always something going on. Yeah. There's a hell of a lot of people, so that helps. But there's a lot of, yeah, the pace is very fast, and it kind of carries you along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that is, yeah, good for this kind of film. It just keeps you, let's just keep, keep on, you know? Yeah. Like, and now this is happening and now this is happening. So you're never, even though it does have like quite a high concept thing to mm-hmm. it, really, of like all the background and what, who is this? And oh, it's not that person. And mm. he's with the FBI or he's not or whatever. Um, it kind of keeps you on your toes enough that you kind of just go along with it. Yeah. You know, you do, you're certainly never bored mm. and it has a, a good pacing to it, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a fast pace. It's a rip-roaring it ride. me, yeah, into, entertained. It's in some ways possibly one of the, um, another one of the criticisms of the film. Mm. And I maybe shouldn't go into this because this might be another point that you're going to bring up later. Mm. But it's like, it's all build up. Yeah. And the actual climax of it yeah. isn't. As bi- it couldn't possibly be no. as big as the, the setup is telling you that it's going to be. Yeah. It's, it's promising this kind of fucking balls to the wall, yeah. five alarm, like everybody shooting at each other, just yeah. an absolute bloodbath. Yeah. And it doesn't quite get there. No. Um, but as, in terms of building up, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a rip roaring ride. Yeah. And it dives straight in. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of setup. Mm. It's very like, the FBI van thing, listening mm. to the phone call, and then it's like, right, all these people are, like, on their way. Yeah. And it, I mean, it does spend, like, the first 20 minutes just saying, okay, so this is who this yeah. person is, this is what's going on here, this is who this is, which I do, yeah. I, you I like, like that I quite kind like. of thing, don't you? It's fun. I always think that the only problem I have with that when you start to get to the number of people that they have yeah. here is I'm like, I don't know who any of these are now. <laughs> like, you know, you start to lose track of... Yeah. And apart from the people that you recognise or yeah. are particularly notable, mm. there's a few people that you're like, I'm a bit muddy as to who that one is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought it was good. A good, fast-paced, yeah. It's very kind of, has a very, um, yeah, kind of to your point, like forward momentum throughout. Mm. Everybody's like... You know, you almost feel like you're on a journey. Yeah. Like you're all headed towards the same destination. Yeah. And it's like, it feels very kind of like it's moving forward. It's moving towards a goal. Mm. Um, and it kind of sweeps you along with it. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Um, my second point will be, um, in a broad sense, just the tone. And I know that's not a particularly good thing to say because it is very vague. But it does. Yeah, it's that. It's that comic book adaptation tone. It's that comic mm. booky tone. Yeah. Where everything's bigger. The characters are written a little bit large. Yeah. The the I think that the editing's very kind of frenetic yeah. throughout. Um, the dialogue is you know, 
nobody talks like the people talking this. No. But I wish they did because it's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. This is the right up your street dialogue. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. I think Common has some amazing lines. Yeah. Um, ben Affleck in one of his ginormous expository diatribes at the beginning has some lovely little turns of phrase in it. Um, who else? The 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 little confrontation between Hollis Ellsmore, where he doesn't have his fingers, and Chris Pine at the end. Yeah. I think that's quite nice. That little kind of weird interaction that they have. Yeah. Um, all of this, and I won't get into that because that's a, a another point that I'm going to make later. But there's a, just a few scenes that are really, really interestingly kind of played out. The, the music plays a big part in that as well. Yeah. Ace of Spades and the Tremor Brothers kind of flashback. The Dr. Frankenstein thing where Laszlo sits, like, make, making the face masks and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think it's, it, it's that kind of, that kind of car, slightly cartoony tone. Yeah. I just, I'll, I'll eat that up all day. Yeah. I'll have all of that that you've got. Yeah. Um, yeah. It has, it has... Uh, yeah, lines that still come back to me. In, so yeah, in uh, in my everyday life, I'll think of something that I'll be like, "Oh, I might reference that." Oh yeah, no one's seen <laughs> Smoking Aces, and the people that have have probably forgotten it. Um. So what was that point? Was that dialogue? That was tone. Tone. And dialogue oh, being yes, a big tone. part of that. I guess. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Common when he's when he's having this big confrontation with Piven. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's asking him what you know what's going on, and obviously this is after Piven's kind of sold him out yeah. to to the FBI. And he's like, "If I'm asking you what happened, assume assume the shit is oh, rhetorical. Yeah. Assume I already know." He's like, Ooh, "That tension," and then it finally comes out of what's happened. And then he uses the phrase that is just it's stayed with me forever. And if Rob is listening to this, Rob's not, but Rob will know exactly what I'm talking about because I've mentioned this to him many many times over the years. If he says, if you thought old man Primo could twist your shit up, watch what I'm about to do right here. I'm like, oh, what's he going to do? What's he going to do to him? And he doesn't do anything because he throws a card in his eye and whatnot. Yeah, Yeah. but that kind of dialogue, baby. I'll have that on rye bread. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, Yes, so the torn. The lovely, tone. lovely uh, comic booky tone yes. of this film. Very wonderful, yes. right yeah. up my alley. Definitely, I could see that you would love that. Um, so what did I say? Okay, um, I'm going to say a positive, which is just um, uh, generally like a lot of cast members that were very good. I thought smashing it. Yeah, I really liked. Um, Alicia Keys and yes. Taraji Henson. Yes. I thought they're... Because they bring a nice, like, different dynamic. Mm-hmm. They were, the, like, two characters that I was like, right, I know where I am with these two. Yeah. I know who they are. Mm-hmm. I know what they're doing. I know they're... You know, it's pretty straightforward, of yeah. course. Like, their motivation and, you know... Uh, and they have some interesting lines and things, I think, mm-hmm. and a nice dynamic between them. Um yeah, so I liked them. Yeah, I thought Common was very good as mm-hmm. well. Uh, Jason um, Bateman's funny little bit. Amazing. Kind of steals the show. Because he looks terrible. Yeah. And like, Sounds terrible. Yeah, and he plays like this kind of little mangy lawyer. Disgusting. Like so well. Yeah. Um, this kind of, you know, you just want to wash after you've watched him. <laughs> um, yeah, which I think is pretty cool. Sorry. Notable that uh, this film is the the... Uh, feature film acting debut of both Common and Alicia Keys. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, I thought they were both good. Both very, very good. Um, yeah, not in that kind of, oh, I'm a musician and I also I mm. just want to be a movie actor. Yeah. I'm going to play a musician. Yeah. No, they, they've both seemed very good. Um, I like them. Yeah, Jason Bateman, I thought was very good in his very small role. Yeah. Um, played it very notably. Mm. I and felt. again, could have been a very kind of throwaway thing, yeah. but in this kind of thing where everyone's yeah. a bit bigger. It's like, what's an interesting yeah. way for this character to Something be? He's the, just the dirtiest, sleaziest. Yeah, and he's got like a little scabby mouth yeah. thing going on. You're just like, oh God. Gross. Yeah. 
Just grim. Um, who else was good? Yeah, Chris Pine was good. Chris Pine was As great. that kind of horrible, kind of terrifyingly... Um, Amoral. Yeah, kind of like, yeah, I said almost. to you, I mean, those not... kind of people that terrify me. Yeah. You know, there's people that in life that you think are bad people or difficult people or that you really disagree with or whatever. Yeah. But his little band of people are those kind of terrifying people who seem to have no regard for anything. No. So they're just incredibly dangerous and yeah. like um, unpredictable. Sociopathic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but he played that kind of hillbilly, awful kind of quite mm. well I thought two compliments about uh, Chris Pine yeah uh, from the trivia from IMDB trivia um, Joe Carnahan needed to fill the role of a speed freak neo-nazi when he fired Michael Shannon who's that uh, is the bad guy from The Shape of Water oh yeah fired Michael Shannon for being rude to a costume designer oh so well done Joe Carnahan and shame on you Michael Shannon yeah don't be a dick that's, yeah, interesting. Uh, within 10 seconds of Chris Pine starting this audition, Carnahan was sold. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then after having shot a scene together, Chris Pine and Ben Affleck, obviously the very funny him. Oh, yeah, that must have been hard not to laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would not be able to do that no. at all. I'd have to be put out with drugs. Like, just, <laughs> okay, just knock me out and then do what you need to do. It's beautiful <laughs> up in heaven. <laughs> He starts crying. That's great. Um, but after filming their scene together, Ben Affleck remarked to Joe Carnahan about Chris Pine, if I could take 10% of what I'm going to make in my career and bet on anybody, I'd bet on that kid. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I did think he was very good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he... Yeah. There's, and it was nice because it had these little kind of fun character. I imagine mm. as an actor it would be fun to play these characters because yeah. they're all yeah, a little bit kind of hyper real mm. and like... Yeah, interesting. You don't have to worry too much about subtlety. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like Taraji P. Henson, in yeah. when she's talking to that receptionist, <laughs> that's so funny, that bit. <laughs> I just think that's great, because she's like, there's a great kind of colludingness to her. She's like, come in, we're like, we're friends. <laughs> like, we're women, we're together. And, and the, the woman's woman. like, oh God, I don't know what to say. Kind of forced smile, yeah. plastered on her face, leaning in. Oh yeah. And she has this kind of crazy ram, like that, um, actually I mostly agreed with. <laughs> but she comes across as like, um, you know, just a little bit mental yeah. um, or a little bit like over the top or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I thought she was great. Um, who else was there that was good? God, I can't think of notably anyone else. I suppose Jeremy Piven, although he just played such an awful character, it's hard to like. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, but there was a basically generally like there was a lot of good. Yeah. Cast members in it um, who were all kind of contributing their little bit. Mm. Um, there were no small parts in this film. Well, there were lots of small parts. I mean, but like. No kind of throwaway parts. Yeah. Or very few throwaway parts. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought that was quite, yeah, quite good. Yeah. Um, and that carries you along as well. With mm. a film that's like this, that doesn't really have a lot of substance. Yeah. Um, having a good cast, kind of. And when you get the sense that the cast is having fun themselves. Yeah. That's a nice, you know, yeah. oh yeah, okay. It was all over the top. Yeah. And like swearing and just, yeah. Yeah. You can imagine it, I don't know, it felt like a lot of the, yeah, dialogue and stuff was kind of off book. Yeah. That they might have just gone on, like, you know? Yeah. Might have had a little bit of freedom, creative freedom to say certain things and certain scenes and yeah. stuff like that. And like you say, you do feel like they probably had fun because it is so silly, yeah. some of it. Oh, it's... Like that bit with Ben Affleck. Yeah. Um, where he's moving his mouth. And then there's the bit with Jason Bateman. Yeah. And you can see that Ben Affleck is kind of laughing. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I don't know, probably not the best compliment to a film, but, um, yeah, I thought the cast was a pro. Yeah. For sure. A lot of pros, a lot of pros. And I'm going to um, bounce out of that into uh, some praise to someone that you were reticent to praise there, a Mr. Jeremy Piven. Why? I, I think he's amazing in this. Do you? I think he's amazing. Oh, he's I, just so awful. I think he is. I think he has proven in Entourage that he is very capable. It's suspiciously easy for him to play an asshole. Yeah. Um, but you can't, you know, 
Yeah, he's done it very well. He's he's so good. Really kind of sleazy, really confident. But essentially, this is a guy kind of playing his entire world kind of falling apart. Yeah. And I think he plays that really, really nicely. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the little card flourishes in it are amazing. I love it. It means nothing, but just such a lovely little character quirk. I think makes him seem like a right dick. Oh, absolutely. Which absolutely. I guess is the yeah. point. Because yeah. he's like, I'm just dazzling people all the time. Yeah. And I can't stop performing. Yeah. Like, this is this is who I am. This is where I kind of live. Yeah. And if I'm not performing, then what am I? Yeah. Um, and all his, like, dirty jewellery and all his stupid sunglasses. And, yeah. Yeah. His coat and his, like, dressing gown. Yeah. And... It's just awful. Um, but, yeah, I think he's really good. I yeah. think he, he, he plays it really well. You don't sympathise with him because he is such a piece of shit. Yeah. But you do get the sense of like, man, this is a person who is suffering. Yeah. Horde. Yeah, that's He's true. really going through a fucking... He's having to give up his friends. He's having to give up his kind of closest confidants. Well, yeah, and then he thinks that he's getting a deal and he doesn't. Yeah, and then that will like just gets thrown out because it's like, oh, actually, the guy that your yeah. thing is your dad. We don't know whether he knows that. No, that's not clear. That's not clear. But it's your dad, and he used to be in the FBI, and the FBI are essentially going to murder you yeah. just so they can keep him alive. Yeah. So, you fucked. Yeah. Uh, you fucked. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd say hats off to J-Piv mm-hmm. as Buddy Aces Israel. Interesting. Hmm? Um, okay. I will... Um, have a negative oh god which oh is, god is to say the um uh, i think there's like it's quite over the top blood and gore mm-hmm. um and there are parts where i feel like it goes out of its way to be gross such as like the bit where he sits on the chainsaw <laughs> yeah Although um, it doesn't really show anything. No, but it... And I think that's good. That's yeah, to Yeah, but it... You know, I don't know. It's pretty grim. Um, and I hate all of the bit with um, the guy, I forget his name, who ha- whose fingers get chopped oh, off. Oh, yeah. And then he's, there's that bit where he's in the bath. Yeah. And his fingerless hand is front and centre <laughs> for, like, an obscenely long amount of time. And I just think okay i get it like i don't need to keep seeing this um i don't know i really don't like i didn't like that no no and i felt like there was just i don't know i'm not really one that gets upset by gore but i felt like it was a little bit much this one the bit where he's in the lift and he has that like knife thing that comes out of his hand and it goes through his hand yeah like you know it's a bit I know that it's like that kind of thing and yeah. it's meant to be and whatever, but it gets, it's pretty grim. Yeah. There yeah, are it's parts that you're like, oh God. Yeah. And that, I mainly, it was, my problem was with that hand. With bit. his hand. And also it was just that whole bit. <laughs> what was that? I was like, what am I watching with that little boy that is like insane, clearly? Who's <laughs> like, I don't know what, like, like I feel a, like you're eyeballing me, dog. Yeah, just crazy. Bitch, I'm about to ball this. <laughs> just... So good. I don't know. I didn't really get that. <laughs> I found that I was really... I feel like I was... And maybe this is the point. Was like the guy with the chopped off fingers where I was like not quite sure if I was hallucinating this yeah. weird section of the film. Yeah. Or these... Like what I was meant to do with that, you yeah. know? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> Who are these people? Um, yeah, and I just thought, put your hand away, mate. <laughs> you know? They were just it was a lot. And then of course, as is as it was expected, but at the end, you know, showdown of the whole thing, mm-hmm. there's blood just flying around. There's that awful bit where Taraji B. Henson does her rocket thing or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and it like goes through that man. <laughs> yeah. It kind of was throws like, him across the room. It like yeah, uh, yeah. It was a little bit much for me. Towards the end, I was like, it's "Interesting," because I I wouldn't have. I I feel like it's like it is kind of yeah, blood and guts, but I feel like it's not 
kind of particularly treated in a serious way. No, it's not. In a kind of... And I always go back to Django Unchained when I'm thinking about violence. What, because there's that, that awful bit with the um, fighting. And yeah, because there's the two guys fighting in front of the fire that feels like you feel every single punch that they throw and every every like time they're struggling, you're like, oh, some bone's going to break or something. It's like yeah, awful. It's yeah. But then in that same thing, uh, Jamie Foxx is like shooting everybody at the end and they're like, exp- like he's shooting that guy's ass and it's like exploding with blood. And yeah. it's like... Slapstick blood almost. So what? And I felt like this was more towards the slapstick blood than the kind of real life. Yeah. Thing. I think it wasn't. It wasn't. It it was like in the sense that some of the shootouts there was just blood flying around, and I'm fine with that. (laughs) But there were a couple of bits, like I say, that just seemed a little bit unnecessarily gory. Okay. Um, the parts that I've kind of pointed out already. Mm. Um, that I just didn't really like. Interesting. Don't love seeing all of that. That's fair enough. That's um, fair enough. Yeah, it was mainly that hand. Like, put it away. <laughs> Just one shot of it. Why am I looking at this? Like, who holds their hand like that anyway? Just no. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, my next point will be, I think, a positive. Um, it will be. Uh, and I, you know, that I like to go with moments. Yes, I like. I've I been like looking it. forward to hearing which moment. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll be very pleased to hear that there are two moments. Uh oh, cheating. Yeah. So my last two points are both. Oh, moments. okay. That's Let's right. hear it. Um, so the first one is, and this is something that shows you how much I must like it because it goes against kind of everything I've been brought up to believe. Um, but the moment that they kill Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. Um, I just think it's great. What, because, because you don't expect it? Yeah, because he, like, there's all of these crazy hitmen coming. There's the the guy who's chewing off his fingernails with legendary torture Oh, yeah, techniques. that bit as well. Didn't like that. There's Ugh. the Nazi brothers who shoot everybody in a fucking ripshit mental. Yeah. There's th- uh, the... The girls who were like, I mean, I guess you don't have any reason to dislike them, but they're professional killers as well. Not the nicest, most moral. No, not the loveliest girls. Um, who else? You've got Laszlo Soot, who pretends to be a black guy in a wheelchair, shoots some people and oh, then yeah. jumps on the thing. So there's lots of bad guys in this. Yeah. And then there's Ben Affleck. And he's the good guy. Is he a good guy? He's, a, he's working within the confines of the law. I won't particularly say that I understand yeah. the intricacies of the bail bondsman role and the bail system in America um, but I know that he is working within the law is he? he needs to get Buddy Israel to make sure that he appears at his court date oh. so I think his company has posted the bail for him and so they I, they need to make sure that he shows up at his, he skipped uh, he didn't show up at court when he was supposed to, and right. so the bail bondsman goes and gets that. Okay. So then I think he can, then if he then presents Buddy Israel back to uh, Jason Bateman and Jason Bateman's company, yeah, then they then they will pay him lots of like they pay him fifty thousand dollars just straight for, up, and yeah. then I guess maybe another fifty thousand. I don't know. Yeah. So he is like he's like a bounty hunter essentially. Yeah. Um, in the same way that. Uh, what's it? Um, Christoph Waltz is in Django Unchained. Second yeah. Django Unchained reference. Django! Um, yeah, so he is the good guy in this. Yeah. Um, he's the one who's explaining everything. He's the one that we're getting to kind of spend time with and we kind of bond with him. He's got a cool Boston accent, of course he has. He's playing pool. He introduces pool. everyone. Everybody loves pool, even though apparently Ben Affleck is terrible at pool. And a lot of those shots had to be like twenty takes. Really? And you can see like the the balls that he's potting are right next to the could not be closer. Really? Could not be easier. That's yeah. So and funny. he was still really struggling apparently. He looked really stupid though. Yeah. And his stupid hat. It and was, his stupid I think that's just Boston though. Do you know what I mean? Really? Yeah. A lot of them have them stupid paddy caps, I think, in that kind of southy kind of thing. At least the films and T V have taught me that. Okay. I'll take um, it back then. But he's the good guy. 
and then they just fucking kill him. And he's dead. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's Ben Affleck. He's arguably the biggest person in this film. Yeah. And then boom, he's dead. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh shit. That's just happened. What's going to happen next? Yeah. I've got no idea because they just seem content. On, they're happy to kill everybody. Yeah. I, I just think that's a, a really nice, um, really unexpected kind of playing with your expectations. Yeah. I think that's really good. Yeah. And again, kind of, yeah, feeds into the kind of tone that it sets up of, yeah, it's it's wild and it's crazy and you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very good point. Killing Ben Affleck, thumbs up. Who would have thought you'd Who'd ever have thought say that? that? Yeah, I need to wash my bloody mouth out of soap. Let's I? hear your other moment then. Are we diving in again? Yeah, I think so. Um, my second moment, and this is, yeah, it kind of goes into the what you were saying about finding these lovely little moments. Mm. The the um, Jason Bateman scene mm. doesn't need to happen for the for the you know the story of the film to make sense, um, but it's fun to have. I like, again, that kind of Dr. Frankenstein scene with Laszlo. It kind of shows the kind of... Um, the method, the, the kind of detail that he's putting into it all and his kind of plan. And it take they spend a bit of time with it and you don't really need to spend a lot of time with it, but he spends a bit of time with it. Um, and my favourite scene in the entire film, just because it's out of nowhere, it's really weird, but it's just great is um, the scene with Bill, the scene with Matthew Fox, where he crops up in a weird cameo. Um, and that? As the head that? of security. Oh, yeah. 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 Where he's just start talking to him and about the penthouse about thing. The penthouse thing, and Matthew Fox has got the thing with a little blue-haired lady, and he's having yeah. that frustration. So there you see uh, Pasquale Acosta... Like and how good he can because you've only seen him be like this kind of maniac yeah. in the in the kind of intro. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's torturing people, and he's like chewing off his fingernails. But this is a guy who's like he's very charming. He's obviously yeah. kind of can get into his character and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. So that's really interesting. Um, it, the tensions rise a little bit more, and then he kills him. Um, and then they have this bizarre little moment where he's kind of essentially ushering. Matthew Fox into death yeah. in a very kind of caring, yeah. loving way, which kind of gives you this weird, amazing insight into this character yeah. that's never really explained, but it just gives you such a different thing that you just wouldn't expect at all. Yeah, his thing of like uh, close your eyes because you uh, don't let this face be the last thing you ever see because heaven uh, might not forgive you, and he goes into Spanish with it, and it's. Ugh. It's just bizarre and yeah, wonderful. Yeah, very weird, yeah. I absolutely love it. Just this weird little moment in the middle of all this chaos and mayhem. Yeah. You just assume that this guy's this kind of cold-blooded killer, which he obviously is, but then there's this weird like conflict going on within him and he's afraid of heaven and he thinks heaven hates him or whatever it might be. You're just like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Amazing. I love it. That's interesting. Yeah. That is, yeah, absolutely my favourite my favorite scene in the film. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. Mm. Okay. Um, and it's like fucking Matthew Fox shows up for two minutes. Yeah, like, it is oh, like Matt. very much an ensemble cast, isn't yeah. it, of all these different people just playing little bit parts. Yeah. Or a lot, you know, a lot of people just popping in for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, Give me a crazy moustache. Give me a ridiculous mullet. Yeah. Give me some fun glasses. And I'll have this crazy death scene with this kind of Spanish contract killer. Yeah. And they do a really nice bit as well. I was, I was noting it, because obviously I'm, a, I'm an incredible filmmaker. And, um... <laughs> what? Huh? Huh? Sorry, I just had a little... Frog in your throat. Yeah. He has been having them quite a lot recently. <laughs> um, uh, and I was noticing... Like, because he's obviously got this kind of wrist-mounted, like, yeah. mounted blade thing that he yeah. uses to stab people. Yeah. And you don't see it, you don't see the blade come out. You just see him kind of rush towards him, and then he's, like, you know, stabbed. So you haven't seen anything there. And the only thing that you see of him, of it, is um, that, and it's a shot from behind Matthew Fox, and he just holds his hand up with the blade in it, and then it retracts back into his collar into his 
Sleeve. Sleeve. And you're like, that requires no, like, special kind of technical stuff. You don't need to make this kind of, hey, props department, I need you to construct, like, a gas-powered, yeah. like, retractable wrist blade yeah. that you can use to stab people. It can just be, some, like, him holding that up and literally someone pulling a, like... A knitting yeah. needle back into his thing, but just in that little moment, you get everything that's happened, yeah. and you understand exactly what's going on, and it's. I just love stuff like that. Yeah, like real kind of economical storytelling. Yeah, and especially when it's like this is yeah, it's something that could have been done in this really spectacular way, and you see this kind of whole wrist apparatus that is Assassin's Creed thing that he's got, but you don't need that. You don't need that. You just need to him to hold it up. The blade's out and it retracts back in. And a little bit of sound effects and that's it. Yeah. Great. Love it. Interesting. Top draw. Well done, Joe Carnahan. This is for you. And well done, Matthew Fox. And well done, Nesta Carbonell. A terrific scene uh, with some terrific direction and uh, a couple of terrific performances. Wow. High praise. High praise indeed from such a fantastic filmmaker as me. <laughs> Um, and then I had just one more point, um, which you kind of mentioned, uh, to like basically the ending. Um, mm. and it is a positive though. Okay. Um, that even though, uh, I think it, it, it does all, it does all come to a head and it is a little bit anticlimactic mm -hmm. I do I did still quite like um, and it's probably a small point but I liked the stuff with the lifts yeah I liked that the lifts got stopped and then mm -hmm. different people were on the lift and then different things happened and you know like when Alicia Keys gets on she's like what the hell's happened here yeah and like there's that bit where you think he's gonna use his little yeah sleeve um, blade thing yeah to like go through her neck um and then there's the bit with the... the Sleeve blade. Yeah. The um, like uh, neo-Nazi guys and the the smoke. Yeah. And I think that really creates, like, a very yeah. kind of epic um, finale-type yeah. feel to it. And, you know, and I, I like that... I think it was a very good concept to have him in the penthouse and everybody trying to get up yeah. to the penthouse or yeah. down, away from it. And that it's, you know, kind of all roads stop there. Yeah. Um, and it feels very kind of like there's only one way there, there's only one yeah. way out kind of thing. Um, and so literally all of these people are like falling over themselves mm. within the lifts and the stairs and the penthouse. And, you know, it, it is insane, really. Yeah. But um, I actually think that it it was quite, it was quite um, dramatic, the ending, mm. in the end. Yeah. Because it's in such a small space. Yeah. And yeah, like everybody's dead pretty much by the end. Um, uh, yeah, but I thought we were, I thought the ending was actually quite good. Aside from the, the explaining, I mean more <laughs> the action yeah. of the ending. Um, yeah, and I quite I did quite like Ryan Reynolds in that part because he was me because he was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> um, and I was like. You know. Ryan, I'm with you, mate. <laughs> Ryan, as ever, you're asking the right questions. <laughs> um, yeah, and he looked like exhausted and like he'd been crying. And I thought, me too, mate. Like, I don't know. I'm with you. I've got red eyes. I feel exhausted. I feel like I've been beaten up. I've not got a clue. I've got glass in my face. I don't know how that happened. I'm watching a fucking film. My friend's dead. Like, I just thought, me and you, Ryan, we are one. Um, but, yeah, I thought the ending was actually quite good. Yeah. Because, because, like you say, it is a film that has such a forward momentum. Mm. And there is a danger of being anticlimactic. Mm. For me, the anticlimactic part was the whole, let's all talk about hearts and yeah. figure out what the hell has been going on. Yeah part um although i applauded ryan reynolds for killing them both because i thought i don't know who they are but for confusing me this much they deserve to die so well this done. all just seems very silly <laughs> so i'm just gonna pull these plugs let's, out yeah let's start again yeah and andy garcia if you can't explain it in an accent i can understand <laughs> then you deserve to die as you well. deserve everything that's coming to you mate <laughs> deputy director um 
Yeah, but I liked. I did like the ending. Nice. I thought. I thought it was a good idea to have it in the penthouse because it was, yeah. like I say, such a small space for everybody to be like mm. all this confusion and yeah. mistaken identity and the mask and the people running through and mm. the FBI and the smoke and the stairwell and like yeah, you know, it's kind of all this. I thought that was actually a pretty clever mm. idea to have him there as like in the castle at the mm. top of the castle and everybody's like yeah. clamoring to get there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, even though it was pretty kind of grim, some of it, mm. I thought it was a, a, a very good touch to yeah. have, have it. Um, yeah. Everyone kind of all, and of course these films, they always, you know, descend on the same location, mm. but I think having it in that kind of restricted space. Yeah made it quite dramatic because it yeah because if it's like he's just in a building just in some kind of city block whatever then it's like there's four directions well there's infinite directions that people can come to yeah whereas this there's only one way to like you say one way to get and one way to get out yeah which ensures that some of the people that are going after him are going to encounter each other on the way and probably going to start fighting themselves yeah so it's yeah it's a uh a a pressure cooker type situation like it, this is only going to end badly. Yeah, terribly for yeah. most people. Yeah. Um, yeah, which I thought was good mm. and brought some drama in and of, of itself. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Nice. That's all my points. Whew. So what did you give it in the end? I gave it three out of five. Okay. I think that's fair. I would say just not to upset you, oh, not God. to be vindictive. Oh God. But there is quite a low three. Oh, God. I think the cast carry a point oh. and a half in yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Um, and I did, my big problem was the, the confusing yeah. Heart plot, bollocks. which you obviously understood, but it took away from my enjoyment because okay. I didn't get it. That's fair enough. But what did you give it? I gave it a five. Five? Yeah. I will say that, I will have a caveat with that. Yeah. In that, watching it twice in three weeks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the second time definitely wasn't as enjoyable as the first time. I think it's a film that works better the less you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's far from a perfect film, but it would be a misrepresentation of my feelings to give it anything other than five. Because of your enjoyment. Because of my enjoyment, yeah. I yeah. just think. Like in two years, when we watch this again, I'm gonna have a fucking great time. <laughs> it's gonna be delightful. Yeah. Um, yeah. But because I have given it five, what yes. are the rules? I don't know. I have to have some kind of negative points as well. Are they the to rules? To kind of even it out. Yeah. Oh, okay. I had to do it with Fifty Shades, The Opposite Way. I had oh, to do it with okay. Infinity War. Okay, go on then. Um, so on the negative side of things, yeah, the like Ryan Reynolds being all teary and like, oh, what does this all mean at the end? It's like this isn't the right ending for this kind of film. Yeah, that's a ending for a more serious film. Yeah, this should be like you know, just all guns blazing. Just all guns blazing. Yeah. Somebody wins. It's like wacky races. Yeah, like I understand that you don't, you know. Yeah, but at some point, at some point, you just got to say. The Boulder Brothers are going to win this one, yeah. right? Or the bloody creepy coop is going to win this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the ending is is a little bit weird. As much as I did appreciate the fact that, like, just the fact that Hella is Sparazza, yeah, I think that would have been enough. Yeah. And I don't know how you'd have worked that through, but yeah. that's enough. Then that having the heart surgery thing and whatever. Yeah. That's a different... And that thing about fresh. the Swede, when they're like, oh, who's the Swede? I quite like that. I, it's like, oh, he's, he's a hitman. It's like, no, he's a heart he's surgeon a and he's been yeah. brought into whatever. I think that's quite nice. Um, uh, also, the treatment of women in the film mm-hmm. is not particularly good. There's only a few of them. Yeah. Most of them are whores. Yeah. Um... Uh, there's Taraji P. Henson, who is obviously a, a firm advocate for women's, yeah. you know, strength and empowerment. Um, and there's Alicia Keys, who most of the way through is, but then at the end has to get carried out by Common. Like, yeah. And I understand she's been shot, so it's not like she's broken a nail or whatever, but you still get that visual yeah. of him, of the burly Rescuing. hero rescuing this kind yeah. of damsel in distress. 
which is a little bit like, come on. Yeah. Like... And she's meant to be, like, a tough woman. Yeah. You don't see any men carrying other men out. No, no. Yeah. Like, try something else. Yeah. Try something else, maybe. Um, but that side, yeah, it's perfect. Huh. <laughs> no, no, it's, 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 yeah, it's not, it's not perfect at all. And, the, yeah, it is all build-up. But I, I but do enjoy, enjoy the build-up and I enjoy the kind of the craziness that's yeah. going on throughout. Which then leads into, yeah, my, my appreciation for the A-Team, the ridiculous A-Team film. That was also Joe Carnahan as well. Yeah. So I'm a fan of his work. But then we watched that stretch film about the guy, about Patrick Wilson, uh, and he's like a limo driver, and he has like a bag of something valuable, and everyone's after him. And Ray Liotta's in it as well, I think. Do you remember I don't that? Don't remember. No. It was like on a Friday night or something. We watched it a oh. while back, and that was yeah, all right, but it was brilliant. But maybe that's because I watched this for the first time yeah. when I was. You know, yeah, twenty. It does feel like a a younger person's film. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You you have to kind of suspend any you know questions you have. Yeah. Which I know I haven't done, but yeah. you know, in order to really get a five out of five enjoyment for this, I yeah. feel like you have to be like, it's fine. Doesn't yeah. matter. Don't worry too much. It's fine. It's fine. Doesn't make sense, but that's fine. So that was our spoiler-filled review of uh, Smoke and Aces. Uh, if you are interested in reviewing uh, a better film next year, then you better hope that you win the uh, Oscars <laughs> thing, quite frankly. Well, yes, I do hope. I pray every night <laughs> that I won't have to go through this again. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we've got there's quite a few films coming out upcoming, so we'll be busy for a few weeks. Deadpool's coming out next week. Yep. Uh, the Han Solo film's coming out maybe a couple of weeks. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Incredibles 2, Mission Impossible. Yeah. Yep. Uh, getting into blockbuster season now. Yep. Um, but yeah, that was our that was our spoiler filled review. Um, thank you, Tiffany B, for sure. for joining me as ever. Um, what did we learn this week? We learned that Ben Affleck thinks Jason Bateman is as funny as we think he is. Yes, and that Chris Pine is as good as we think he is. Sure. Uh, and if you really want a successful film, bring in Matthew Fox for a couple of minutes and kill off Ban Affleck pretty early. Yeah. <laughs> we I'll... learned that there's no there's no promises with Ben. No. He wants to keep you on your toes. Yeah. He's on the billing, but how long will he be around? Absolutely, absolutely. We Yeah, ultimately we learned don't trust Ben Affleck. No. Don't trust him. Swine. Bloody swine. Boston a-hole. Careful. Careful. <laughs> he, might, he might get some of his brothers to kick our asses. I think he will after that. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.